Welcome to the Batman Tasticast, celebrating the 30th anniversary of the greatest animated television series of all time, Batman: The Animated Series. Our podcast offers a deep dive into each episode and a full series retrospective from two nerds who really like Batman. Sitting across from me at the table as always is the pearl necklace in my display case. <laughs> Mike Staub. Uh, thank you for that. And sitting yeah, you're across very the, welcome. Yeah, I, 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 it's, a, it's a title that I've earned um, over the you years. Sh- boy, have you. <laughs> Meow. And then across the table from me, a villain with a confusing accent, Mr. Jordan Hugh. What accent is this? Uh, Russian? Uh, we don't know. We don't know. We don't know. We don't know. So today we're covering The Cat in the Claw Part 1. Yes. Similar to our Two-Face two-parter. We are splitting up these episodes, yes. so you will get part one today, you'll get part two next week, yeah. because there is enough material to kind of go through each one, and we don't want to get things confusing by starting to combine the two-part episodes. Yeah, that's definitely the way to go about it, and this one is a two-parter that probably doesn't need it. It doesn't need it. Yeah, we'll, we'll get into the episode uh, shortly. First thing I want to say is welcome to anyone who is starting the podcast with us with this episode. Yes. There are two ways to watch Batman the Animated Series. Mike and I have talked about this a lot on this show. Mm -hmm. There is the production order, which is the order that our podcast operates in, which is the order the shows were made in. Yes. And we could argue maybe the the order they were intended to be watched in. Uh, The other order is the broadcast order, which Mm -hmm. was the actual order that the uh, television broadcast agents or producers said, no, this is the order we want them to be broadcast in. And this episode, The Cat in the Claw Part 1 was uh, broadcast order number one. one. Yeah. So for many people, well, really for everyone, this was the first episode of Batman the Animated Series that you saw. Most likely, yeah. So this is the first episode that everyone's anyone saw, debuted on September 5th, 1992, yeah. 30 years ago and a few weeks by the time of this recording. Right. So I think a couple people who started listening to our podcast were confused with why we started with On Leather Wings. Yeah. And then once they started listening to the episode, they said, oh, okay, these guys are going in the production order, yeah. not in the broadcast order. Right, so I, if you're following along on like an HBO Max or something like that, like a streaming service like that, uh, which I think that's the only streaming service that has this show yeah. right now, mm-hmm. this is where that streaming service starts episodes. Yes, it starts with this. If you go to a lot of the DVDs, though, they will start with On Leather Wings, mm-hmm. uh, just because I believe... Um, you know, there's a, there's a difference. It's weird seeing this episode, watching this episode 15th versus watching it first is weird. Um, I do think that there's a lot of this episode that fits way better if you're doing it 15th in terms of how the world has been established in the series so far. Now, if you want to get people who just saw Batman Returns to watch the show, then this is a great episode to start with because you're automatically bringing Catwoman in and Catwoman was, right. you know, the second biggest thing in that film after Batman. So it, and she was the big add in, right? She was the big addition. It was like, Oh, Michelle Pfeiffer's playing Catwoman. Yes. She was the get. Yeah. She was the get. She in was that, the big get. In that movie. And they brought, and they even capitalized and used a lot of influences of Catwoman from that movie in this show. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, this is, yeah, Catwoman being one of the centerpieces, if not the centerpiece of Batman Returns, is why they bumped this one up to the first episode. Oh, yeah. It's like, you know, we said this on our first episode, but Batman Returns debuts in, I believe, June. It's the summer of 92. So the movie came out like three months, three months before the show started. 
and Catwoman was everywhere. Mark right. Supermarketable Toy and all the movie posters, Michelle Pfeiffer. Now, obviously, it's not Michelle Pfeiffer playing Catwoman or Selena Kyle in this, but Catwoman is in the conversation. It's probably why a lot of 90s cartoons uh, for other shows, right, like Spider-Man, would jump right to Venom, right? Because it was the thing everyone was talking about at that time. Right. So I feel you try like... try to get to what is current yeah. or relevant about the character and start with that. Exactly. And Catwoman, while she's always been around as a Batman character and a Batman villain, you know, she's she was... You know, I think there were three different actresses that played Catwoman on oh, the... Oh, on the 66 on the, on the 66 show. show. Yeah. And um, which, you know, makes a lot of sense why she's always kind of part of the conversation, but it's just so recent that it makes perfect sense for them to run right out the gate with Catwoman. And Catwoman's a great character. Uh, I just think in this episode, I think she's utilized okay, decently. I think it's a lot of the stuff around her in the episode that kind of fall apart. I agree. Um, What's funny is, you know, I, I think this is the version of Catwoman that a lot of people were hoping to get. Yeah. We love... The Batman Returns Catwoman. Of course. Uh, I think most people do, but that is a really different take on the character. That is yeah. Tim Burton's version. It's Michelle Pfeiffer's virtuoso performance. Really kind of a deconstructionist, weird, dark take on the character. Yeah. This is a much more traditional take on the character mm-hmm. in the animated series, mm-hmm. and that's pretty much in keeping with what they've done with the other villains so far, which is if there's an existing weird take of the villain, this animated series kind of sets that aside yeah. and usually... Brings them back to their roots. Yeah. That is, you know, not always the case. We have a really big exception with Mr. Freeze, whom mm-hmm. they, rein- they reinvent Mr. Freeze. They do that with a few other characters. But let's say, like, the Joker, for example, right? This is We don't get the Nicholson Joker in this no. series. We no. get, specifically, a very more comic book accurate Joker with the Mark Hamill yeah. voice. Um, that's true of a lot of the villains. They kind of reset them back to their core. Mm-hmm. They do that with Catwoman too. The touch from Michelle Pfeiffer that's the holdover is that now she's blonde for the first time in drawn form. Ever, right? Right. I mean, even even the Catwoman on the '66 show was um, was not blonde. Catwoman was always a brunette. Yeah. Uh, almost in in every depiction, yeah. Yeah. and now this starts the idea that Catwoman could could be blonde, right? Yes, and yeah. they're taking that from the Michelle Pfeiffer. Yeah, of course. Um, but yeah, other other Catwomen I have uh, as is one of the topics I wanted to discuss. Well, who's your favorite Catwoman, Mike? Oof, it's hard in in any version of of Batman lore. Batman lore. Um, I you know I do I do like the I do like the antihero Catwoman a lot. You know, uh, I like when. I like that version of Catwoman. I do like Tim Sale's artwork on Catwoman when he does. Oh, so Catwoman. you like the um the long Halloween, long Halloween, and right, yeah, and that type of Catwoman. It's hot, but not as hot as the night Johnny Vitti got married. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Good line. Good great, line. great line. Um, I also like, uh, I like Catwoman in the games. Uh, I think For sure. being yeah. able to play as Catwoman in Arkham City. Mm-hmm. Is is really fun. Yeah, uh, doing Catwoman's missions there in Arkham Knight is actually very very fun. I like when I'm also a sucker from the Jim Lee. I like goggles. I'm a big goggles fan. We like so, the goggles. You so love you love. Goggles. I love That's I love goggles. You, so yes. when they when they give Catwoman uh, the goggles. Um, I think it. I think it's great. Um, and do you have an actor you really liked in that role? Whether that's from any, yeah, the sixty-six I mean, or I mean, any of any of I the mean, versions. Michelle Pfeiffer's like she's kind of like the gold standard for whatever that depiction of Which the character is. So strange was, because, because that's such, so a, it's such a different take. I like I like Anne Hathaway's a lot. Yeah, I like Anne Hathaway's Selena Kyle. She's not Catwoman. Ugh. 
just the, the well, whole. Well, we, we know. I know, but you know what I mean. It's like in that movie, they like go out of their way to be like, "Well, she's not Catwoman. She almost looks like she has cat ears." I just think she does a good job with what she was given. They did the same thing with Zoe Kravitz yes. in the Batman, where they're like, "Look, this mask kind of looks like it could be a cat mask with ears," and then, but they don't. She's not Catwoman yet. No, not yet. But they will get there with her. Um, but no, I like that, uh, and and I like I like the animated version a lot too. Um, I mean, the '60s one, it's like almost always a different person. Yeah, Ju- Julie Newmar is is probably the one where yeah. m- people most gravitate to that depiction. Of course, yeah. people love Eartha Kitt Eartha as Kitt, well. Yeah. Um, I, I think Michelle Pfeiffer is my favorite, but again, I, I have to repeatedly acknowledge I know that that is not how the characters typically portrayed. No, no. But that's okay, though, right? It's it's super okay. Yeah, and also, um, her... I, I like that there are different versions of all these characters that we can appreciate. Well, yeah, because it's almost like it's almost like different writers writing, like in comic books, right? It's almost sure. like different writers writing the character. So yeah. it's it's very very interesting to see how like a character like Batman or Spider Man or Catwoman or Superman will go on a run for X amount of years and have very similar characteristics, and then an artist or a writer will change something. Yeah, and it's either great or it's terrible. It's interesting to see what they do with Catwoman in the animated series, beginning with this episode, because they they really kind of clean her up in a lot of ways. Yeah. She's got a lot of money. Yep. She's a socialite. Yep. She has a name that people recognize in Gotham in terms of, you know, being Selena Kyle seems yep. to be like a debutante, someone people know in the city. Mm-hmm. She, you know, runs this um, charitable organization for animals. She's an animal rights activist. They get a lot right about the character, but it, she is missing kind of her rough edges. Yeah, she's in a this. little clean. She's very cleaned up. Her, uh, she seems very together. Yeah, in a way that I, I guess works for this depiction. But I, I miss that Catwoman can also be kind of crazy sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I miss the danger. We get a very little taste of Selena Kyle kind of losing her mind on something. We could talk about that a little later. But uh, she's very composed, though, very, very really composed, overall. very professional. Like even as a cat burglar, she's super, super like right. together and professional. And this version of Selena seems to be very like golden age Hollywood starlet. Mm-hmm. Like the kind of went for like a, I don't know, like an Ingrid Bergman, yeah. Lana Turner kind of yeah. thing here. Yeah. And Just a very, very classy blonde dame. And clear, you know? Yeah. And clearly has an enormous amount of money with that with that penthouse apartment. All oh, right, she's got a penthouse in a building that looks like the Chrysler could, building. Could probably pretty much just is right. the Chrysler building. And I'm pretty sure she has a lesbian assistant. Yes. That is also maybe her girlfriend. Maybe. I, I don't know. We can discuss that when we get into the episode. We, but I Maven mean, is wild. Maven, Maven is a very like odd character because they don't really give you much about her. They're just like, hey, she's pretty much Selena Kyle's assistant. But I would assume that there's something. She lives there. Catwoman, in many of her iterations, lives with a girl. Yes. Sometimes that girl's a prostitute. Sometimes it's her girlfriend. And Maven's kind of taking the place of that person. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, the sexuality is not overt on the show, but there was something subtextual going on there that a lot of people seem to pick up on. Because I was yeah. doing some research on this episode, and a lot of people you'll see posting, like, what's up with Maven? Are they, like, together? Well, I don't know. I mean, the way Maven Maven's super defensive... Of, yes. of Selena. So I would imagine something is there. But, you know, once again, there's 22 minutes, right? So uh, I know, can only I do know. So much. Hey, you're, you're right. Though it, it is still pretty deep. Is, and of course, with deep. the introduction of Selena Kyle, we have the first time that we're introduced to this idea of a love interest. For, yeah, for, for Bat- both characters, yeah. for Batman and for Bruce Wayne, which is why Catwoman is always fascinating of because course. you have the Catwoman Batman romance, but then you also have the Bruce Selena romance, and, and you play those against each other. And it's like the eternal will they, won't they right. in comic books is Batman and Catwoman because, you know, Catwoman, while she does operate as an anti hero a lot, she's also a criminal. 
Right. And it goes against what Batman stands for. But at the same time, it's also interesting because you see this in the episodes where like Selena Kyle's and Selena Kyle Catwoman is in love with Batman. Right. And Batman is in love with Selena Kyle, but not Catwoman. I mean, Bruce Wayne is in love with Selena Kyle, not Catwoman. It's a very weird, right? Yeah, weird thing. Before it's, it's he knows, it's a little crossed. Yeah, yeah it's and, and and it creates that kind of tension. It is very much you know akin to the Spider-Man Black Cat relationship that we will see in Spider-Man comic books, where those yeah. two clearly have some kind of romance going on, but like Peter Parker is not into. You know what I mean? I totally get it. It's, we do need to appreciate though that Selena Kyle slash Catwoman, whatever really loves Batman. Yeah. And that's important because that's who he really is. I know. I you know, know. It would actually be worse if she was in love with Bruce Wayne. Exactly. So loving Batman is important. And I feel like they kind of borrow this relationship dynamic for, I think they kind of borrowed it for Chase Meridian. Yes. For Batman Forever. I yeah. think they kind of keep this kind of a thing floating around even in Batman and Robin when there's yeah. like the, let's auction off someone for a date. Yeah. <laughs> Except it was reversed in that point And, you know, Ivy was the one being auctioned off. I'll stop talking about the Joel Schumacher film. I already see Mike is getting nauseous. Only slightly. This episode, this episode, this episode yeah. is strange. Um, you know what, though? Despite anything negative we'll say about it, it's got a really cool voice cast. Amazing voice cast. So we have Adrian Barbeau is the voice of Catwoman, Selena yeah. Kyle. She is a really notable actress for many, many, many different of movies and television Swamp shows. Thing? Swamp Thing. Of course, I love her from The Fog, yeah. which is a yep. pretty pretty good, in my opinion, John Carpenter film, even though people don't really like that. She was actually married to John Carpenter yes, she for, was. for a while. Um, she's terrific. I loved her also on a show called Carnival. Oh, I didn't a, watch that. a short-lived HBO series that I wish had gone longer. It's actually a pretty good, pretty good show. But she's terrific. She does add that sensual quality to yeah. Catwoman's voice and somehow pulls it off without being too annoying about I, it. Yeah, yeah. Um, like, it's not too much. It's not porny. Yeah. Right? It's not, it's not laid on too thick. I like it. It's very, it's honestly, for lack of a better word, it's very feline. Very feline. I like very it a feline. lot. It has yeah. like a purr to yeah, it. Yeah. I, I agree. Um, we have, of course, in this episode, starring as the episode's real villain, Red Claw. I know, <sighs> I know. Uh, but we have actor Kate Mulgrew. Yeah. Who, you know, where my Voyager fans at. Star Trek, baby. Captain, Captain Janeway. Um, kind of doing a weird Eastern European accent in here that doesn't quite work for me, but it's cool that she's on the show. It, it's like a hint of Eastern European because she's not like so far in. I feel like... Red Claw is supposed to be a Soviet, like, something like re like remains of the Soviet Union. Sure, well, they're called Red Claw for a reason, Exactly, right? yeah. exactly. But I feel like she's also, since every villain and everything ever from 19, probably from the 60s and 70s through the late 80s was Russian. Yeah. She probably toned it back on, probably toned it back on purpose. Yeah, for sure. And then, of course, we have the Man of a Thousand Voices, Frank Welker, who many people know best as Scooby-Doo's Fred Jones, plays... Yeah. Isis the cat. Isis the cat. I think he was also Snowball the cat in The Simpsons. Is that true? I think so. That I think so. Right. So he's played cats before. <laughs> he's a great cat. He's a great cat. A great I mean, cat. Isis is a great cat. One of the best things in the episode. Yeah. So we're actually, we're going to start to get in. This is um, part one of a two-parter, obviously. Yeah. So I feel like they feel like they can really take their time and it really shows. Oh, yeah. So oh, uh, yeah. listeners at home, Mike and I compose a dossier for a document for each episode that we record. And I was writing out the synopsis for each one of the scenes because we do not do a copy-paste job. We actually write no, our yeah, own stuff. Everything. And I was looking at uh, how much I was writing, and I realized, like, wow, these scenes just kind of go on forever, don't mm -hmm. they? Mm -hmm. It is a it is a long-winded 
episode. Yeah, it's and I you know, you could have probably have done two of these episodes. You could have probably done Cat and Claw part one and two as one episode, but I don't know why they wanted it to be two. Maybe they just wanted it to go out with a bang and like kick the door open with these two episodes right out the gate. Yeah. But it's like maybe a combine it's at most combined it's forty minutes tops because the second episode wastes so much time just telling you what happened on the last episode. So it's um, plus you add like you know you have the credits at the end and then you have the credits at the beginning and then you have the previously on Batman. So together these episodes aren't very long. So what they do is they kind of mill about in these scenes for far too long to the point where like they don't get boring, but they uh, maybe they do. Maybe that that they do. Yeah, yeah. When I start talking about the opening sequence, which I'll do shortly, that thing like takes up like a third of the episode. Yeah. Like they really took yeah, their time. They took and their th- time. Th- there's something cool about that, but also I'm like. Oh my goodness, this is not the pace I'm no, used to no, at this point. Definitely not. Because uh, the other episodes are much more like, oh, rough, here's a quick scene, here's another quick scene, and flash and flash and flash. Much more comic book. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I feel like Two-Face Parts 1 and 2 um, are better at that. Yeah, well, there's like way more scenes yeah. in the Two-Face two-parter. Also, Two-Face Part 1 and Part 2 feel like they're two ep- separate episodes. Like well, this, there is a yeah. long passage of time between yeah, them. I think yeah. a few months pass or half a year. Or yeah, something there's like, that. like like six months pass between Two Face One and Two, and this is like right after. So Part Two on Cat, uh, Cat and Claw takes place right after Part One. So oh, it just picks right up. Picks right up. Um, also, you know, the animation's not great in these episodes. No, this, was, this episode yeah. does not have good animation. No, they don't look good. Uh, these episodes were animated by Sunrise and Acom, um, who I believe. Both of them were ultimately shut out of uh, Batman the Animated Series by Bruce Timm. He was not happy with how this episode looks, as we will get more into the in the trivia. Yeah. Yeah, we have a couple of uh, sections where I'll just kind of stop and talk yeah. about animation and things like that. Because, yeah, this is not one Bruce Timm loves no, for definitely, animation. No, definitely not. Uh, okay, great. Let's let's dive right in. So, this is Season 1, Episode 15, The Cat and the Claw, Part 1. Meow. We get our title card. It's the green-yellow eyes of a cat, probably a black cat, yeah. with four red claw marks slashing across those eyes. And it's in a font that I most associate with Catwoman, which kind of looks like it could have been drawn with lipstick. It reads, The Cat and the Claw, uh, and if only the episode was as good as this title card. It is a good title card. Yeah, this episode is directed by Kevin Altieri. The story is by Sean Catherine Derrick and Laren Bright, and the teleplay is by Jules Dennis and Richard Mueller. I can't believe that many people worked on an episode that is this bad. Well, I I I understand the sentiment, but it's a it might be a too many cooks. Maybe that is it. It might be and, too oh, many cooks. We actually should stop here. Mike and I don't really love this episode. We were just talking yeah. about this in the pre-show, yeah. but Many people do. Many people like it because it's probably the first experience they've had with the show. So there's nostalgia factor Isn't, going on. Maybe. Yeah. And also at the same time, it's one of those things where it's like, oh, they introduce Catwoman. They introduce all yeah, these characters. Right. Batman, it's, you know. I have respect for the episode. I don't think it's very good. No. I I, I, I have a... I have a, Yeah, I just... Yeah, I don't love it. I don't love it. I wish there was a better way to introduce Catwoman. Yeah. What's funny is I remember not liking this episode as a kid. Both Both parts. And I couldn't really articulate why because I, w- I had a child brain at yes, the time. Little now child I still have brain. a child brain, but great big testicles. No, uh, I now have <laughs> the ability to articulate why I didn't like the episode. So I'm actually excited to talk about it with you because I think I kind of figured it out. Okay, uh, good. I think we came to the same conclusion. Yeah. Uh, so this episode begins with a very, very long opening sequence. Yes. Um, now, hilariously, the first shot of this episode is that super ineffective police blimp 
And it is, uh, Mike, it is floating off in the other direction. Yeah, the it's wrong It's floating direction. away from the action. They should have learned earlier on that blimps were no good. I think maybe they secretly know the same thing about yes. blimps that we do, that yes. they're, they're not good at crime not, fighting. Not great at crime fighting. I actually like to imagine it's the same blimp from yeah. on the other wings. Oh, of it's, course. It's still Gotham 1 just kind of floating around. Hey, uh, I got some on my radar. The camera pans over to a small live figure scaling a building. It's a woman in a gray cat suit. Meow. There we go. Uh, we get a close-up on her body as she continues to climb this uh, sort of impossible surface. This is not like a climbable surface. There's little, little grooves between the bricks, but nothing anyone should be able to climb. But yet she's doing it. She's using her fingertips, which have like these uh, golden yellow claws protruding from the fingertips, and the tips of her boots. And then we get this camera angle change on her. So we're looking down, and she's got these notably rouged lips and these gorgeous green eyes. Yeah, and she's got a black mask, and there's something wrapped around her neck. Which, if you pause the screen, it, it is a cat. It's a cat. It is in fact Isis the cat wrapped around her neck. Mike, I think this is a safety concern. Yes, I don't know that a cat can hang on through no. all this. And also, we see later that Isis was asleep this whole time. Isis was taking a nap because it's a cat, and they right. sleep like twenty something hours a day. Also, I don't think Isis would have landed on his feet if he had landed from this high up. Maybe Mike or cats, Isis. Cats always land on their feet. It's always, always. It's an always. <laughs> Isis doesn't have a choice. That was pretty good. That was Frank Welker worthy. Yeah, I know. Um, she should get a job. Catwoman breaks out her whip uh, because she is a dominatrix, and yep, she of course. whips herself uh, up the side of the building using like the the ledge or something to kind of swing up there. We get a perspective change to the interior of a wealthy woman's apartment where she is sleeping with her dogs. And I must imagine that is her crime. Yep. Why is Catwoman robbing from this woman? Because she likes dogs and not yep, cats. Yep, of course. That is subtle, subtly what is being put out there, not so subtly. To quote the uh, cinematic masterpiece, Homeward Bound, <laughs> cats rule and dogs drool. I, I should have known. Um, we see Catwoman now prowling outside her window, camera pans through this luxury apartment, and then we see Catwoman at the next window, and we, of course, see the object of her desire, which is this beautiful diamond and pearl necklace. Yes. Uh, so this is going to be our origin for Catwoman. As a cat burglar, well, this is what we wanted. Yeah, right? this is great. Catwoman then does the classic circular cut with her uh, wrist. Gotta love that. Uh, which is very Julie Newmar did the same thing. Yep. Uh, and then she talks to Isis. So Isis wakes up with this like, like a gremlin-like sound. And Isis already knows what to do, jumps through the hole. And the cat, I don't know if this is true about cats, the cat can see the laser grid. I don't think so. <laughs> that is covering up the necklace. I feel like Isis might be a uh, superhero cat. Right. Isis is a genetically altered cat. Yes. Probably part of the uh, Justice League animals or whatever they call sure. them. Sure. Can hang out with super Ace, pets. Ace the Bat Hound. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. and Crypto. And Crypto the super dog. Um, so yes, Isis <laughs> leaps around the laser beam shore, uh, gets the necklace, mouth, mouths the necklace and brings it back to Catwoman. And the, and the heist is over. Uh, Catwoman kind of purrs. Perfect, my love. Let's go home. And the episode ends there. So yes. we don't actually have to it's talk great. about it's the great. rest of it. Um, you think she would have put that glass back? <laughs> well, that's the thing, too. It's like, uh, this happens later in the episode where it's just like, she keeps cutting holes in glass. At some point, someone's going to catch her doing Exactly. This. It's like, hey, what are you doing? Why are you cutting all that hole <laughs> right, in I glass? I think this was probably the same cat burglar. Yes. So the camera pans up quickly to Batman. Yeah. He's atop the building looking down. We get his leitmotif playing triumphantly. And he says this ridiculous oh, line. Geez, yeah. So our new cat burglar's a woman. And uh, this is the introduction to this idea that this whole two-parter is going to kind of revolve around this stupid idea that 
it, women can't be criminals. Somehow that is shocking. Yeah, this like is the first. It's just such a stupid line. It's, it's new cat burglar's a woman. It's really dumb. I guess for why Nate, is he surprised? I don't. I don't know. He's Batman. He's uh, seen so much. He literally fought a giant bat, <laughs> and now he's saying like, oh wow, I guess women could could could, could cause crime. Right, mm-hmm. right. He's fought a giant plant, a giant bat. The giant plant was controlled by a woman. It was, yeah. He's already fought Ivy at this point, but you know what? Maybe they're yeah, not even thinking of yeah. that. I don't know. Uh, Catwoman climbs back down to the ledge, and then Batman swoops down. Yeah. She thinks she hears something, and that something is Batman. Isis sees him. Bam. She hisses. Batman's eyes narrow appreciatively yeah. at Catwoman, yeah. and her eyes widen. She actually says, magnificent. <laughs> so there's this instant obvious attraction. This is what happens between cosplayers at a cosplay convention. <laughs> it you does. Know, all the time. It's if like, they're oh. fit enough, especially the guys whose costume is just being jacked. Yeah, there's so many of those guys. Right, that's the costume. Yeah, just what's like, your costume at Comic-Con? No, oh, yeah, I'm, just, I'm just a muscly I'm, guy. I'm walking around with no shirt on. Yeah. I, put some, I put some makeup on. Yeah, there you go. Um, I suggest you save the flattery for the judge, oh, says Batman. Batman. And then Give Catwoman me. makes a break for it. Yep. So we have this uh, cat and mouse game. He's going to chase her. The bat uh, and the cat. Yeah, so that's our next sequence. And, and Catwoman is expertly diving and swinging and dodging. She gets to another building, but Batman is already there waiting. Clearly, yes. the, clearly this is not his first game of cat and mouse. They continue this flirtatious banter as she flees again, and notably, they match each other step for step. And as an adult viewer, I'm like, Okay, I see it. I see what they're saying with this physical language <laughs> that they are like worthy of each other physically. Yes. Right? Step by step, they're a match. Eventually, they come to blows with Catwoman clawing and tearing at Batman's cape, and he exclaims, Hey! <laughs> Like he's upset. You ripped my cape. The cape got torn. Uh, this reminded me of in Last Laugh when he cut himself shaving, and he was yeah. like, "Ow!" Ow. <laughs> Occasionally, Batman just kind of wimps out, but he did not like that his cape got torn. Uh, he um, has extra capes that he uses for fun, right? So maybe this was not as playful as he thought it was going to be. He says, I'll have to try to trim those claws, which oh. is just more sex, sex, sex. Sex is all over this episode yeah. and part two. Yeah. Uh, Catwoman then knocks a pyramid of garbage cans on top of yeah. him. Mike, who stacks garbage this way? I do not. It's a pyramid of garbage. Stupid. Uh, then she runs across the road. Isis tries to follow. The poor cat nearly gets hit by a truck. Uh, she screams out no, because she's already like all the way up the next building. And then, of course, Batman dives in, saves the cat. Because he's Batman. And is kind of like... Looking at the cat like, oh, she left you behind? Yeah. Um, then Catwoman uses a cat whistle. Do, do these exist? I don't think so. I don't think so. Dog whistles do. And Isis comes right to her atop the next building, and then Catwoman blows Batman a kiss. And then Batman literally whistles through his teeth as if to yeah. say, I need to fuck this woman right now. He definitely does the... Yeah, and does a... Yeah. Uh, he then picks up a little tuft of Isis's fur that was left behind. Thanks for the memento. Yes. Um, and we can already kind of read into like, oh, he's going to do something with that cat fur. And I'm like, really? I don't, I don't know if the DNA evidence works on cats that way. I don't think so. So that opening sequence I just described was about eight minutes long. Yep. That was about a third of the episode. Yep. With third of the episode with the credits on both sides. Yeah. So clearly it was important to them that they nailed this relationship down between Batman yes. and Catwoman first. Yeah. And that's good. This mm-hmm. is still part of the episode that's functioning. Yes. This is still a good episode so far. I like it a lot. Then we get this uh, next scene. It's an establishing shot of the animal rights celebrity auction. It's very glitzy. There are spotlights. And inside, they're auctioning off Gotham's most eligible bachelor, Ooh, Bruce Wayne. Bruce Wayne. Wayne steps up with a tuxedo with 
the pants pulled up to his fucking nipples. Yeah, it's weird. Um, I love the animation here because it's kind of like there's no one else in the room. It's like everybody yeah. else is in kind of like this blue shade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then occasionally like these women come forward to kind of flirt with Bruce. Maybe these are people like Bambi or someone like that who he's dated in the past and has like an ongoing flirtation with. Yep. This is all part of his act. Yeah. Right? Yeah, he yeah, kind of yeah. has to do this stuff to hide the fact that he's fucking Batman. One girl actually says, I've been pinching my pennies for you. And I was like, that's not all she's been oh. pinching. Um, it's just sex all over this episode, right? Yeah. Uh, Bruce braves the crowd of ladies to get to the stage. The bidding starts at $500, which I have to believe in the 1930s slash the 1940s or 50s. We don't really know. It's quite a lot of money. And this quickly blows up to about $1,000. But then we get a new bidder. from Miss Selena Kyle. And they use the same trick for Selena they use for Bruce, where kind of like a spotlight comes out of nowhere and hits her. And she's like the most glamorous thing that anyone has ever seen. Bruce is literally smitten. Yeah. Um, His mouth is literally hanging open. And then another guy remarks, I've never seen... Sorry, no, I'm sorry. Bruce says, I've never seen her before. And the guy next to him has just literally said, wow, (laughs) when he sees her. So this is the kind of woman who's so beautiful that other men just become idiots yep. uh, around her. So it's another kind of power that Selena has. Another man who has no whites in his eyes. He just has little beady eyes. Uh, tells Bruce, there's some bad animation here. He tells us, uh, Bruce, that Selena is some wildlife nut who's supposed to be sponsoring some kind of mountain lion preserve outside Gotham. Yep. So I guess this tracks... it is a little unfortunate though because both of our big female characters that got introduced in Batman the animated series early Poison Ivy and Catwoman are both activists who are kind of demonized for their activism yeah that's not a good look no um naturally you should not be killing people for your activism Poison Ivy but that is weird that they went with that for both of them yeah that these are both beautiful women who are villainous for a cause yeah What's funny is that also both those women, Ivy and now Selena, in the modern age, are both seen as anti-hero characters. Yes, yes. Uh, In fact, Catwoman starts off as an anti-hero character in this episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we come around on Poison Ivy to kind of liking her as well. Yeah. And in fact, in Harley Quinn, which is like the the main show right now, she's a hero. A hero. Sort of outright. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So Bruce approaches Selena. He's at a loss for words. And for once, I can finally relate to what it must be like to be Bruce Wayne. (laughs) Because normally you're like, this guy's fucking Batman. He's tall and gorgeous and can have any woman he wants. But even he can come up uh, being a little nervous and not have the right thing to say when confronted with a woman this beautiful. And of course, we see there's an attraction between them as well. So this scene is meant to play as a parallel to the first scene. Of course. So you have the Batman-Catwoman flirtation and relationship building, and now you have Bruce and Selina. So uh, it's essentially two love stories. Then we get the introduction of the cock-blocking Secretary Maven, uh, and yeah. she's there to make things official and hand Bruce the check, the donation yeah, for the yeah, 10000 Yeah, I mean, she's like, this is very Marcy from Peppermint Patty and Marcy. <laughs> she's the Marcy. She's she even the, wears the glasses. Yep, yeah. she even has like the same look. I wonder if she calls Selena sir. Sir, probably. Probably, in the bedroom, sure. <laughs> um, so Selena tries to play her bidding off as a, a business decision. Please understand, it's purely for the animals, Mr. Wayne. You're off the hook. But Bruce... Does not want to be off the hook. He, he wants, wants this on, He woman. wants on that hook. He wants to get on the fucking. Yeah. On the fucking train. That's what, that is, that's what he's here for. Yeah. But you're not, is his reply. I beg your pardon. Bruce reaches for her arm. He actually blushes.
flashes red. Yeah. And Selena agrees to a lunch date before, of course, we hear gunfire because nothing in Bruce's life can be nice. Of course not. And we get a quick cut to a scene outside revealing just an open truck with some thugs firing a huge military-grade machine gun at a squadron of pursuing police cars. Just just another night in Gotham City. Gotham City. I mean, I imagine I'm surprised that Gordon has hair. Right. Right? You know? Because I don't think that man has ever slept. No. Well, his hair did go white prematurely. Yeah, yeah. He went white at like 20. What's funny is I think we've had this cut before. Yeah. Where we hear gunfire. It's just like, oh, yeah, outside. There's, oh, there's, yeah, there's yeah, a chase yeah, through the streets with machine guns. Gotham. Gotham City, baby. What? I, you could not pay me to live in Gotham City. No. There should be no taxes there. Maybe no, that's the incentive. That, maybe that's why there's so many criminals. That's right. Yeah. Back uh, to the party, Selena and Maven are wondering what's going on outside and then also where Bruce has gone to because, of course, he's pulled a Batman and he's ditched them. We get back to the chase. Uh, the bullets scatter the police cars and the truck gains the lead. Um, we see inside the truck, the camera pans over these crates that are loaded with machine guns that are from the U.S. Army. More machine guns. Yeah. They're specifically Tommy guns. I guess that's a stylistic choice. Yeah, the period. Um, sure. So we're not... We're not looking at World War II grade machinery no, no. yet. Um, that's that's an inconsistency in the show, but it's fine. Yeah, whatever. We get an overhead shot from a skyscraper revealing Batman. He's running along the rooftops. Eventually, he dives down onto the truck. And using some elbow grease and a cabled batarang, he's oh, able boy. to kind of GTA 5 this. Yeah, yeah. He kind of gets the truck to swerve, and then it crashes hard. Uh, we get one goon that escapes into the sewers. We'll see him again later. And the other gives the other goons give themselves over to the police. Gordon says, watch yourselves, men. These guys are crazy. Then we have an, a, a moment, a scene in this episode we should have had a long time ago long in our series. Ago. So this is something that broadcast gets right, mm-hmm. that production doesn't. We have this scene that actually establishes a relationship between Commissioner Gordon and Batman. It's implied in almost every episode prior yeah. to this in production. In broadcast, they're starting off with this, that Gordon kind of stalks off towards an alley. He he's puts puts his back to the man he's actually talking to, Batman. And this uh, short scene gives us their friendship. It's, um, it, it's, it's stating that these two share information, mm-hmm. and Gordon is speaking to Batman in a friendly way, like how you would talk to a friend. Um, Gordon tells Batman that Red Claw is in Gotham, and that this is a terrible line. Red Claw is the most ruthless terrorist leader in the world, and we don't even have a picture of the guy. Oh, boy. We're going to pause here. Yes. This sets up unrealistic expectations. Yep. It has nothing to do with the fact that Red Claw is a woman, though I see that they're still digging digging on that. Yeah. It's that when we finally meet Red Claw, they're not the most, most ruthless terrorist in the world. No. It's a ridiculous claim. Also, it's a character no one knows of. Right. So, so also... If they're the most ruthless terrorists in the world, doesn't Batman already know all about this person? Yes. Doesn't everyone already yes. know all about this person? Aren't you basically saying that they're Saddam Hussein or something yeah. like that? Yeah. Uh, it's kind of ridiculous. Anyway, I just I wish they had chosen different wording. Yeah, me too. Batman says he'll see what he can do from his end, and then he grapples away, and Gordon walks back to the scene, griping that nothing is safe with these savages in town. So I love that we have that relationship of Batman and Gordon here. The problem is, is with the broadcast order of things, the relationship goes away. Right. So it seems like they know each other less. Yeah. So like if you're looking at On Leather Wings being episode number three on the broadcast order, you're going to sit there and go, wait a second. How come Gordon's not like 
Gordon is is acting like he barely knows anything about Batman sure. in that episode. So it's actually worse than that yeah. because Broadcast Order Part Two is number eight. Yes, yeah. So it's there's this spread the where Gordon is going to revert to being a total stranger to yeah. Batman again. Yeah, I know. Which in between episodes, right? So yeah, it's weird. Very strange. We get a shot of a tall, elegant skyscraper that I don't know. It, maybe it's supposed to be the Chrysler Building. It looks like it. It's very Chrysler Building esque. Yeah. Um, we get inside. Selena is grooming herself because she's a cat, uh, but she's doing it with a comb because she's a person. Um, <laughs> she's a cat woman. A cat woman, if you will. Um, there's a number of cats prowling about, including a big, fluffy, white Mr. Bigglesworth yep. cat yep. right on the vanity. <laughs> the weird secretary Maven is still I, there. I don't get it. Uh, I don't know if they live together. Are they sleeping together? Something's up. Nothing's established. Nothing's established. But I guess if there's no sexual relationship, at the very least, she's her live-in best friend and personal assistant. Yes. Okay. Uh, Maven is asking Selena why she isn't excited about her date with Bruce Wayne. Why? Because Selena wants Batman. Oh, ho, ho. This does let us know, however, that Maven knows that Selena is Catwoman. Yep. Because there is no other way they could have known that. Yep. Uh, Selena says he had the eyes of a lion. Which, oh, we get I mean, it. Cats. I get it. Cat stuff. Um, and then the intercom buzzes. Of course, it's Bruce Wayne. Selena is less than thrilled because, again, she wants Batman. She's been pinching her bennies, too. Yeah, definitely. Maven tries to cheer her up, saying, look, at least Bruce Wayne is good connection. I mean, this is a powerful guy. And then the phone's ringing. Maven goes to answer that. And Selena goes to the door. And she actually says, still, I wish it was Batman standing behind this door. <laughs> I guess it is. And then uh, she opens the door, and there he is, staring at her with those same lion eyes. Yeah. Lion eyes, not lying eyes. That's right. Maybe both. Ooh. There is this... I mean, it's cute. It is cute. But it's like, do they know? <laughs> you know? I think at some point... They I, don't. I mean, not officially. What? In this episode, they do not officially know. No. I do. Well, Batman, Batman eventually. Does, Batman yes. eventually knows that in, episode, in part two, he eventually knows figures out that Selena Kyle is Catwoman. Right. She does not figure out that Bruce is Batman, but no, there's but a lot leaning on that. There's an impl implication. There's there an is implication. an implication. Also, like, they got to have the same musk. She she seems like the kind of lady who can tell musk. She's a cat she's, woman. She's a cat woman. woman. Cats can smell pretty good, man. And so can women. <laughs> they know stuff. <laughs> yeah, I know. They know a lot of stuff. Stupid women and <laughs> knowing stuff. Why do they keep knowing things? Oh, man. Making us look stupid. Um, Bruce. I'm sorry. We make ourselves look stupid. <laughs> You're right. Um, Bruce picks up on the flirtation where they left off, and he presents Selena with some flowers, red roses, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. uh, Maven reveals that Selena's lawyer, Martin, on the phone, and unfortunately, the deal is off. Selena's immediately upset. She gets yeah. on the line. This is this is kind of a red flag, though. Because <laughs> she's like, oh, let's go to lunch. Let's have a good time. Deal's off. What? That's not a red flag. She cares about her business. She go. She she went ballistic. Well, she loves those cats. Uh, listen, if I went ballistic on a first date with with my quote unquote business, I think it would the, the other the other person would be like, mm, this guy. Uh, are you a known mountain lion enthusiast? I uh, know. Well, I, I think Bruce understands. Yeah, well, he is a Batman. He he is a Batman. <laughs> Um, <laughs> you know what? Batmen are from uh, from Mars, and cat women are from Venus. It okay? is true what they say: <laughs> women are from Omicron Percy I seven, <laughs> and men are from Omicron, Omicron Percy, Percy I nine. Very good. Um, we hear her saying a bunch of nonsense. He can't sell to Multigon. Lord, okay. Stupid name uh, for a stupid Ma company. Maven explains that Selena has been negotiating for land for a wildlife preserve, and then this line is spoken on a kids show. Some cartel just muscled her out of the deal. 
teaching the kids the word cartel. Hey, man, you got to know that stuff. You never know when they're coming after you. Hook them while they're young. Yeah, that's right. Get them on the smack now. All right, so... Do drugs when you're old! Do drugs, kids. <laughs> um, the chairman of Multigon International won't take Selena's call, and she's pretty put out of the idea of still going on this lunch date with Bruce Wayne. That is, and she says this jokingly, yeah. unless Bruce can get her a meeting. And she does intend it as a joke, but Bruce is just like, hey, well, what time are you free? So he goes and calls up the chairperson of Multigon, because I guess he can get a meeting with anyone He's he wants. Bruce Wayne. And actually, Selena says, hey, I'm starting to like the guy yeah, to, to well, Maven. Maybe he's got lion eyes, too. I guess so. So, of course, we go right to there. Uh, we get this exterior shot of Multigon Tower, and we pan up to the top. And our first shot inside is of an animal skull. It's an elephant skull. So yeah. we know these are the bad guys. Yeah, clearly. They have they have trophy animals. They're not, they're not the heroes. Right, yeah. The camera pulls back to reveal other animal heads and trophies. Ace Ventura would be very upset. Yeah, he would have a hard time. <laughs> um, so we see Mr. Stern. Mr. Stern is the latest in a long line of just meaningless middlemen yep. characters that are just yep. there to deliver information. Yep. Um, he barely has any characteristics. Yep. Uh, he wears some glasses. Um, and he's he's very sexist. He only really addresses Bruce yeah, in this a, scene. Yeah, what a jerk. Because sexism. You and your lovely friend. He doesn't even talk to Selena, who's there for the meeting. Um, not even using her name. Uh, Stern uses a musical lock, which I have not seen since Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Yep. Uh, and he plays on the piano keys, Ode to Joy, a song that no one has ever heard, nor would ever figure out by an unknown composer. Yeah, no one would ever sit there and play that out on the keyboard. Right. It, it would almost, it would, it would be uh, better if he just did chopsticks. <laughs> right. Um, it splits the panel in the floor when he plays the Ode to Joy musical unlocking sequence, and it brings a model of a major resort uh, to the floor of the office that his company is planning to build using that land that Selena was hoping to use for the wildlife preserve. Notably, the split panel in the floor is decorated with the image of, it looks like maybe a wildcat or notably a female lioness. Yeah, a lioness, right? maybe a cougar. Against yeah. the moon or a cougar is, is yeah. really good. Because uh, we're going to shortly find out that this guy works for Red Claw, who herself is literally a cougar. Um, <laughs> no, I shouldn't have said literally. She's no. not a big cat. No. That would have been better. Yeah, probably. That would, that would have, have been, been better. Imagine if Red Claw was like a cat person. That would have been fucking yeah, awesome. Just come if out she like was just straight up red... cheetah. Yeah. yeah, yeah right yeah, yeah, from yeah. That would have been way better. Cheetah's a better character. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, we bring up this resort model. Selena very justifiably rages that the land is in the middle of nowhere. Why the fuck would you build a resort there? Uh, in fact, the fact that he's building a resort in the middle of nowhere raises suspicions. Yep. Um, Bruce holds her back as stern mansplains oh, that yeah. Selena does not know anything about development potential. Yeah, what, a, what, a, what a good mansplain here. Jeez. And then he gets a good villain line. He reassures her that Multigon will take care of the cat's one way or another. There's more than one way to skin a cat. He's going to kill those cats. Yeah, those cats are dead. And he's going to wear them. Yeah. And he might eat some of them. Maybe Craven. He's he's going to he's Craven the Hunter. What a twist. Um he handily dismisses both of them even though you know, Bruce Wayne's powerful. He's basically like, "Get the fuck out of my office." And Bruce Wayne's like, "No, right. I guess we're going to go to lunch." <laughs> right. And then Selena threatens him on the way out. Yeah. "I'm going to have every animal rights group, any animal rights activist just breathing down your neck. You'll be like a bug in a bell jar." And Bruce just kind of quips like, oh, have a nice day. That's all Bruce Wayne does. He's the, the kind show. of his semi-Seinfeld voice. Yeah. Well, have a nice day. Hey, enjoy. What's the deal with airplane food? All right. Now, here, here is where the episode starts to no longer work. Yep. Here we go. 
Stern closes the door, and a wall to his office rises up to reveal Red Claw. Red Claw! Mike, what the fuck are we looking at? Red Claw! What so, does she even so look like? So first of all, she's, what is dressed, this? she's dressed like a martial artist out of like a kung fu movie yeah. of some kind. <laughs> but she has a Russian accent and also a streak of white hair. And they give this character no backstory. No and one's ever a, heard of her. A tall woman, like yeah. statuesque, she's for, a, like, tall, a Wonder Woman a, a, type. Yeah, a tall woman with dark hair and like and, and blue eyes and like the streak of white hair. I don't know. Is she supposed to be like like part of like the Ivan Drago right. kind of clash of a, villains? She's a Cold War holdover. Yeah. She looks like she works for Cobra. Yeah, yeah. She definitely looks like Baroness. She's like kind yeah. of some of the Baroness. Yeah. There's a little Cobra Commander yeah, in there. There's a little Destro. You went to fight Cobra Commander. That would have been so much better if we had Cobra Commander. I would have, oh my oh, god. The, the crossover I didn't know I wanted, but now I need, I need is G.I. Joe and Batman need, the Animated Series. I need to fight Batman. Just but behind the snow is lane. She's a ridiculous, stupid villain. She doesn't work right away. <laughs> From the second she opens her mouth, it's, she, it's she, bad. It's like, it's like they set it up, too, because you're like, who's Red Claw? Who's Red Claw? And then it's like, bum, bum, bum. That? All right. Sure. Oh, boy. And she's got like a little Red Claw tattoo as well. Oh, yeah. So clearly she's the Red Claw. <laughs> she must be the Red Claw. Oh, yeah. And are we supposed to be shocked that it's a woman? What reaction did they want from us? I mean, Batman has a whole bunch of women that are villains. Right. And if you're on like, production or you already saw Poison there's Ivy. Literally, I, you know. There's literally a group in Gotham City who fights crime called Birds of Prey. Yeah. Like, why is this a surprise? It should not be. I don't know. But she's... It is Mike, 92. Mike, she is the most ruthless terrorist in the world. I guess so. Okay. And she is explaining... Down with capitalism. I want to fight Catwoman for communism. Yes. Red Claw, who's clearly also a Captain Planet villain, <laughs> explains to Stern that she can't have... Kill her... all the wildlife. I want to see those mountain lions pay for what they've done being on my land. That's, that's I mean, that's... That would be a better episode if she was directly threatening the mountain lions. Yeah, like she was like, yeah. Red Claw is concerned that her plans will be jeopardized by an environmental fanatic. So the most ruthless terrorist in the world just kind of just requests that Stern keeps an eye on her, but like don't kill her or threaten her or anything. I am the most ruthless terrorist in the world, and I can kill anyone I want, but just keep an eye on that lady. If this was if this was like Captain Planet, her name would be like, I don't know. Mike, her name is already pollution. Her name's Uh, is already Red Claw. I mean, what else could they do? Uh, they should have just called her Communist Claw. She, ba- I mean, she's Commie Claw. She yeah, basically is. Yeah. Um, she's Bear Claw. Um, outside in the parking lot, Bruce apologizes for not Bruce being much help, even though he was. I don't know why he's apologizing. I'm sorry. You know. Oh, well, it's the best I could do. Oh. Uh, Bruce climbs in the car, and Selena requests a rain check on their date, and then this animation studio totally fucking shits themselves yep. because he does like four facial expressions, yeah. none of which are yeah. recognizable as human facial expressions. Yeah. We can't process why he's having this reaction. I guess he just is so used to girls dropping their panties for him that he can't believe that a woman would put him off twice. Um, so she agrees to the next day so that she can take care of some business that nice. night. And Bruce comments that he plans to work late himself. Oh, Batman. And again, it's this—it's uh, the banter that works. Yep. That, that brings us back to what Bruce works. Bruce Wayne, Batman, Catwoman, Selena Kyle works. That's about it. Right. All right. Now we get one of the worst scenes in the episode. Yep. It's a random mob boss talking to his men in the dark room. Batman drops in. He subdues the group quickly. Batarangs like a gun out of a guy's hand. He picks up the mob boss. Yeah. I want Red Claw. And until I get him, 
emphasis on him yeah. because sexism. I'm going to lean extra hard on you and the other mob bosses if you think I've been bad news before. And the mob boss is like basically like, all right, I get the picture. This fucking scene is pointless. Yep. Yep. It's pointless. Yep. And even the scene that it, that it sets up in episode two, you, you don't need it for that. Yeah, Batman is not tracking down terrorists. He's basically just going gen- generally to what? Every mobster yeah. in the city like, what do you know about Red Claw? It's like he goes to mo- the mobsters and he's just like, what do you know about crime? Well, let me tell you. Why don't you sit down? I can talk to you for a few hours. <laughs> Mike, you wrote in our notes. I love this. That Does Batman, after 25 years of fighting crime, just think that all criminals know each other? <laughs> yeah. Like at every level? Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, I know Red Claw. We used to go to high school together. That's Listen, a- you're scum. Red Claw's scum. All scum knows each other. Yeah, that's right. We're from the same state. We haven't met. (laughs) Yeah, these guys haven't left Gotham. It's wild. It's not, and they're not even Russian mob. No, they're like Italian mobs. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know no Red Claw. I know Bear Claw. It's delicious. I have one of those. (laughs) Uh, We get another exterior shot of Multigon Towers. This time, it's lit up in red. It's nighttime. More like Red Claw referencing here. Inside, Mr. Stern's at his desk gathering files. He exits the office. We see Catwoman and Isis. They're at the skylight. She cuts another hole for herself. This one is shaped like a toilet yep, seat. Yeah, it is shaped like a toilet seat. <laughs> and again, at some point, doesn't she think someone's going to look up and be like, oh, someone cut a fucking hole out yeah, of our skylight? stupid. Oh, wow, it's raining inside. All right, inside, another terrible scene. Red Claw's addressing her terrorists whose faces don't, resemble people the animators just didn't draw anything yeah it's not good they just vaguely draw some eye and nose shapes and the oh man they're offensive looking they're just like euro trash yeah you know one guy just looks like a mime (laughs) it's just like the the caricature of every french man he's got like the little mustache and a beret it sucks um (laughs) it's lazy uh, she outlines Mike this incredibly convoluted plan. I'm not actually sure. I've watched these episodes both a few times. I, this is totally out of order. I don't care. What the fuck is Red Claw's plan? I don't know. I'm an adult man. I study <laughs> literature for a living. I don't know what her plan is. She clearly wants to use a plague to hold Gotham at ransom. Okay, wait. So, all right. Let's break this down for a second. Yeah. All right. She wants to hijack a military train. Yes. To steal a plague. Yes, that the military just has. They just have it, and they're moving it through a major city for no reason. Yeah. And she's going to steal the plague to basically ransom the plague. Yes. Because she's going to want a billion dollars in gold bullion. Gold bullion. It's the only thing she'll accept. Uh, Or I guess she'll release the plague. Yeah. But she also wants a military base that is underneath the Wildcat land that is being bought by Multigon. And as we saw earlier, she's also smuggling machine guns through Gotham City. I think she's like a few too many steps here, right? She's trying to build a military. Okay. Like, that's the only thing that makes sense to me is that she's trying to build, like, some sort of military cell. Or I guess we find out in the second part that she wants this bunker. To keep herself safe from the plague? No, because she in the second part of the episode, she talks about how this bunker was used for like the rich and powerful to live in if a nuclear attack happened. It's so weird because it's like some of her motivations, it's like, all right, clearly, you know, hold over from the Soviet era, clearly like a communist down with capitalism. But then she wants like 10, she thinks she wants a billion dollars. In gold. In gold. In 1930. In 1930. <laughs> and, or whatever, 59 and, maybe. And she wants to own a bunker. I don't know, man. It doesn't make sense. It's very 80s comic book. It's uh, very 80s cartoon. I, yeah, I don't know. It's also very James Bond, but yeah. like not in a good way. No, bad. 
I don't know. All right. There's also a really lame gag in this scene where, like, Stern walks in. It's like he barged in on the meeting at the yeah. wrong time. Yeah. It's lame. All of it. Uh, we have, like, one small animation win in this scene. Yeah. Red Claw is giving, like, her plan to her men, and she's standing in front of the projected screen, so the images are being projected onto her at the screen at the same time while she's moving. Yeah. That is hard to do. Mm-hmm. Almost impossible, according to uh, the, the producers on the show. But they did it, and Bruce Tim actually said he was happy with this moment in this episode, but largely unhappy with everything yeah, else. Yeah, he said they pretty much did a bad job the rest of the show. The animation was bad, and you should feel bad. <laughs> These are the tools I have to work with. Not good. Um, all right. So she specifically says that, the, yeah, there's a train under military escort transporting a strain of viral plague that was confiscated by Interpol. It's just it's just too many Bad. steps. Um, we cut back to Stern's office with the character we actually care about. Um, yeah. So Isis is prowling around on behalf of Catwoman, making sure the coast is clear. She comes in. She activates the musical lock, this time playing Ode to Joy to completion. Yeah. She thanks her mom for the piano lessons. Meow. So I guess this version of Selena Kyle maybe didn't grow up poor. Yeah, probably a socialite of some sort. Yeah. Right. So this is a... T- we're used to comic book Selena Kyle, who I think canonically grew up like dirt poor and, and like, hates rich people. Yes, yes. But in this version, she is a rich people. Yeah, yeah she is a rich people. <laughs> she is sure. a rich people. She is the rich people. Um, so this time, yes, the the model of the resort appears, but also a control panel, a huge control yeah. panel with a monitor and a safe appears. And she kind of takes out her camera and goes to work on the open safe. Unbeknownst to her, she's being watched by a moving camera lens eye in uh, the elephant uh, skull above Stern's desk. We cut back to the nonsensical Red Claw meeting. The alarm goes off. The monitors, of course, show Catwoman from like every possible angle doing that detective work in the newly opened safe. And we cut to Catwoman live as she's snapping photos. What is that? Asks Stern. A cat at the end of its nine lives, Aww. says Red Claw in her best Bond villain voice. I wonder if Catwoman gets quite, uh, gets tired of those puns. So this is the first at least nine lives yes. joke that we get in the series. No, yes. I don't think it's the last, it, unfortunately. I think there's one in the next episode. Oh, boy. Yeah. Um, we get a shot from the perspective of the hole in the skylight before the camera pans down to Isis, warning Catwoman that she's moving too slow, like this entire episode. Yep. She finishes taking pictures just in time. The goons burst in, but Catwoman's nowhere to be seen. Red Claw uses, I'd say, expert detective skills yes. to spot the uh, hanging open vent. Yes, And then good. says, in the weirdest voice, she's in the ventilation system. <laughs> I, I'm not even really doing it. I'm doing Russian too well. She's not quite Russian. Yeah, she's. It's actually more like she's in the ventilation system. It's almost I, I like even, it's like almost like Mr. Freeze is like like there's like a, oh, a touch yeah, the of slight German. German accent. I don't even know. Catwoman's crawling through the vents. Isis is ahead of her. I think we're in over our heads. Uh, yeah. Yeah. This whole thing is in over your head. Why? Are, why is Catwoman with the terror? This is stupid. Anyway, yeah, it's a good diagnosis of the episode. We get the goon that looks like the French guy. He's haw-haw-hawing his way through yeah, the vents. Pepe Le Pew and all over everything. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he gets caught up by these cat-shaped caltrops. Yep. Like these little spiky things. Sacre bleu. Catwoman's left like dozens of them behind. Catwoman and Isis reach a gap in the building where they're forced to move up a cable. It could be an abandoned elevator shaft. We're not sure. It's not clear. Uh, Catwoman gets to the roof. <laughs> she places... <laughs> Yep. A single two by four yep. against the doorknob on random, the roof. Ran by, random two by four. Because that will roof. stop the most ruthless terrorist in the yes, world. Yes. Of course. So naturally, Red Claw and her men get past it. And Isis is hanging on for dear life as Catwoman just swan dives off the building and barely making the ledge on the next building. 
Red Claw takes out the biggest fucking handgun I've ever, ever seen ever. and loads in a single bullet bill yep. from Mario. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, exactly. Fires it at the ledge, which blows the ledge apart. And of course, just like he did for Isis earlier, Batman swings in and saves the day as Catwoman is blown off the ledge of the next building. Uh, Catwoman kisses him. It's a Ooh. long kiss. It lasts the entire time they're swinging. And when they land, she says, that was for saving my cat. Is that all it was for? Bob. <laughs> they continue some cute banter. He attempts to unmask her. No, let's keep the mystery, she says. Yeah, but I think Batman was ready to take his mask off. I think they were ready to do an exchange. They were ready to fuck. Yeah. If Red, Red Claw wasn't right there, these two would have gotten down right here. Uh, we would have had that comic book panel. <laughs> She's just climbing on top of him. Uh, Catwoman mentions there's something between them, and Batman tells her it's the law. You fucking idiot. Yeah, what a, what a tool. Uh, he then apologizes when she seems hurt, and that was his first mistake, yeah. was to show sympathy towards a woman. <laughs> I'm so sorry. All right. In typical fashion, she spurns his gentlemanly nature and then throws him off the roof, yep. which is a lesson to all the little boys watching this to not be nice to girls. Okay. He grabs the ledge, and she actually says the line... Never trifle with the affections of a woman until next time, he echoes, and there will be a next time because this is a two-parter. Did yeah. you get the joke? Yeah, yeah, okay. I, I get it. It's pretty much hinting. Yeah. Back in Selena's penthouse, Maven is <laughs> being real weird again yep. and reading a book with the cats. I kind of was hoping she was reading a book to the cats. Yeah, that would have been better. Catwoman comes in. She pulls down her mask and hood. She, her hair is impeccable, by the way. Yeah. yeah. Uh, she brags about the picture she took, referring to the abandoned military site under the resort that Multigon wants to build, that Red Claw wants to take over. This is too many steps. Way too many. But I guess she doesn't know about Red Claw yet. I don't know. It's not clear. It's we weird. may save those mountain lions yet. I don't know. Maybe. Who cares? Uh, we pan over to someone listening on a nearby rooftop. But who is going to save you? Oh. <gasps> Who the fuck cares? I don't know. Is this a Red Claw goon? Is it someone from the mob? Is it a Multigon operative? Is this the guy who was driving the truck earlier? We don't know because this episode's all over the place. It's it's a it's a mess. Um, and then we end on the the card to, to be, be continued. Yeah, to be continued. I'm exhausted. Yeah, me too. This is an exhausting episode. Like you say in the closing thoughts here, you know this episode kind of half works. Um, the Batman, yeah, I, I wrote that in the works. dossier. Yeah. So yeah, actually, Mike, yeah, go ahead. Closing thoughts. So the Batman Catwoman stuff actually does work. I think this episode would have been way better if it was Selena Kyle as Catwoman trying to save this these wild cats and doing illegal stuff to do it, and Batman having to stop her because he's Batman. And I think that's fine. We saw that same formula yeah. work with the Poison Ivy episode, yeah. which was good. Yeah. Better than this episode. Way better. And, you know, the whole Red Claw thing is just a stupid distraction that we do not need. I agree. Yep. I think everything with Batman and Selena works. Yep. Um, For and the, sure. The Catwoman Bruce stuff is good. All of that stuff is good. Of course. I could even have accepted Multigon just yep. being an evil corporation and yep. you just use Stern as like another like one-off villain who sucks. Yeah. The inclusion of Red Claw turns this into a really distracted James Bond plot yeah. that is really half-assed. Yeah. Like, I f if you want to do this military thing, right. right, moving forward, if you wanted to introduce Red Claw as, like, this Soviet uh, holdover villain and you wanted to do a James Bond story with Batman and Catwoman, do it later and have it that Batman and Catwoman have to team up. Right. Way easier. Right. So and now you're introducing Catwoman, a character that, that was invented for the cartoon uh, with Red Claw, and then you're like, okay, and everything falls apart. Yes. I like pretty much nothing about Red Claw. I don't yep. think a single scene with her works. I don't buy her, buy her as the most ruthless terrorist. But that's the thing. It's, it has nothing to do with the fact that she's a woman. No, she's poorly It's written. that the things they give her to do in this episode is 
bad. Yeah. These things are stupid. Yeah. The whole plot feels stupid. Yeah. Um, Ultimately, um, Catwoman is great. And all that stuff works. All that stuff works. Even Maven, who's weird, works. Works. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, Selena, like you said, Selena Kyle usually lives with some other woman. Right. Uh, yeah. All that was fine. Yeah. I, I just, I think they wanted Catwoman as an anti-hero so bad, mm-hmm. they were afraid to just let her yep. be a villain in an episode by herself first. And also, they probably just didn't want Batman wailing on Catwoman the whole episode. Correct. And we know that they can't really physically come to blows anyway because of standards. And also, they want to do the whole, you know, love story, love thing with Batman and and Catwoman. And it's also, like, I get it, too, because, you know, 92, you know, you want to create characters... You you want you want women characters who are heroes. So here's the problem. It's probably the larger thing we should talk about. Is I think the inclusion of Catwoman in this way, but also the inclusion of Red Claw is just it's Bruce Tim, it's Paul Dini, it's Andrea Romano saying we just need more women on yeah, this show. Yeah. And I think that's totally valid. Of course. And pretty much the greatest woman character you can have in the Batman lore is Catwoman. Yeah. She's a feminist icon. Yep. You put her there and leave her to do her thing. Except that's not what they let her do. No. They didn't let her do her thing. They kind of shoehorned in this Red Claw character who's just not really very well thought no, out. No. And feels disappointing, and I'm disappointed by yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, there are pl- and obviously Batman has... There are plenty of amazing women in the Batman There are. Universe. They'll come in more later. Yeah. And when we get to new adventures, yes. we'll get more yeah. with the female characters. Bat- but yeah, we'll get Batman. We'll get a lot more Batgirl. Uh, Batgirl, rather. You know, and, you know Harley. But, and But it's, it's true. This show is a show that was ultimately, as much as we enjoy it as adults, it's written for 12-year-old boys. Yes. Uh, you know, and younger. Even though, obviously, it appeals to intellectuals ahem, of, of, of all ages. Ahem, ahem, ahem. But there, uh, listen, I, I think anyone listening to our previous 14 episodes would have said, wow, this, this, this series sorely lacks consistent female characters. Oh, yeah. Summer Gleason, barely there. Barely. Uh, you know, uh, Grace, uh, Harvey Dent's yeah. fiance, barely there as a character. Poison Ivy, one great episode, retreats into the background. Yeah. There's not a lot of female characters. No, no, and that's not good. You bring someone forward like Catwoman and you hope that they would give her the spotlight, but they barely do. No. And unfortunately, it's not going to get much better. No. I was looking ahead to the other episodes that Selena and Catwoman are even in. Uh, Perchance the Dream, we get Selena as just the love interest in the dream of that episode. Cat Scratch Fever, Roland Daggett is the villain. Catwalk, Ventriloquist, Scarface is the villain. Batgirl Returns. Roland Daggett's the villain fucking again. again. Yeah. Uh, they never give Catwoman an episode where she is the main attraction, and that's a shame. Yeah, that is, because she's awesome. Yeah. Um, where would you rank this episode? It's low. Like bottom 10 low? Yeah, maybe a little bit better than that, but it's definitely towards the bottom. I think I agree. I almost put it in the bottom 10. I really don't like it. Yeah, it's um, I think it's right on the lip of the bottom 10 yeah. for me. This might be just above, yeah, like um, it. but it's it's pretty bad. I have to, you know, of course, it's not Underdweller's bad, and that's why it's not in the bottom 10, but yeah. it doesn't work for me. I'm kind of curious as to why people like it so much. I would actually encourage listeners to respond yeah, to no, us. Yeah, no, let us know. What why is it you, you like, like this about episode? this episode? So, some people rank this fairly high, mm-hmm. and I just mm-hmm. don't see it. I think it's so clumsy. Yeah. Maybe it is just the iconography. Maybe it's the legendary status that this is the first Catwoman episode. And the I, first episode of Batman. So, And that is true, too. Is, first yeah. on the on the broadcast side. So yeah, I guess so. that's it. But I, do, I don't think it's very yeah. good. Yeah. And it's just a kind of... It's just kind of... Catwoman's kind of a waste. Yeah. In this episode. I mean, she will go on to be great in pretty much everything else. Sure. Every other animated series, Catwoman's amazing. Even in Harley Quinn, she's in it here and there. She's excellent. So... Sure. 
You know. Um, you know what? There's still some interesting things to talk about. We're going to save it for part two. Yeah. So I think we'll put a pin in this here. So you know that next time on our podcast, you'll be listening to Mike take us through the Cat in the Claw part two. Meow. Other interesting <laughs> topics for discussion uh, to be had then. Uh, but for now, thank you for joining us. This was the Batman Tasticast for Mike Staub. I'm Jordan Hugh. Thank you, and see you next time. Same bat time, same bat channel. And thank you for listening to the Batman Tasticast. We hope you enjoyed that episode, and we had a lot of fun. Be sure to tune in next week for the second part of this two-parter as we talk about the Cat in the Claw Part 2. If you want to support the show, please give us a subscribe, leave a comment, leave a review, follow us on social media. You can find us on social media everywhere at Batman Tasticast. Also, feel free to reach out to us whenever you'd like. Thanks once again, and we'll catch you next time.